Welcome to the Inner Trends Podcast. Welcome to the future of mobility. Simply stay on track. Welcome to a new episode of the Inner Trends Podcast. My name is Britta Walters, and as usual, we have amazing guests on the show. Actually, it's two guests today, Aaron Gardner, CEO of Penrol, and Thomas Laurent, Technical Director for Sustainable Resilience Systems at Penrol. As you might know, Penrol has created rail infrastructure in more than 100 countries. Their products and services extend to designing, developing, and manufacturing equipment to make constructing and maintaining railways more efficient. So I'm very curious to find out in which way railway infrastructure will change in the future. What are the challenges and what are the future technologies? But before we go deeper into these questions, let's see what's happening at Innotrans. Let's talk to Kerstin Schulz, Director of Innotrans. Kerstin, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Britta. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Good morning. Kerstin, at Innotrans, there will be exhibitors from all over the world presenting their innovations. At the trade fair, they will be organized in different segments. What are these segments? Um, Innotrans has five segments. Um, the biggest one is railway technology, then interiors, public transport, railway infrastructure, and tunnel construction. And, you know, often people ask, what does tunneling have to do with Innotrans? Um, and then you always, um, I always say when you build a tunnel, what goes mainly through railway tracks and there is the connection. Um, the segment tunnel construction in half 5.2 is embedded within the segment railway infrastructure. And, uh, there are the synergies between both segments. Um, because the construction companies are placed in the railway infrastructure segment. Combined within the tunnel uh, construction segment is a wide-ranging portfolio encompassing planning, new construction and the maintenance of railway tunnels using the most innovative technical equipment. Construction and maintenance of tunnels definitely is an important topic. What does the segment tunnel offer next to the innovations of our exhibitors, of course. Um, beside the segment at the, or the exhibiting, um, the, the exhibitors uh, in the segment tunnel construction, the German Research Association for Tunnels and Transportation Facilities, Stufa, um, is organizing the International Tunnel Forum. Um, this is uh, These are two discussion rounds with important topics for tunneling And um, this is the supporting event for the tunnel construction segment led by international guests. You mentioned it already a little bit. Um, today in our podcast, our focus is railway infrastructure. But what are the synergies between uh, tunnel and railway infrastructure? Yeah, the, uh, the choice of subject matters. Meta creates synergies in particular through the proximity to the adjoining railway infrastructure segment. Railway infrastructure with more than 30,000 square meters exhibition space gross is the second biggest segment on Innotrends. And this is where our today's guest, Pandrel, is placed in Hall 23. Thank you, Kerstin.
And this takes me right away to my guest from Panrel, Aaron Gartner, CEO of Panrel, and Thomas Laurent, Technical Director for Sustainable Resilient Systems at Panrel. Thank you for inviting us. Well, as we all know, mobility has changing very much. It is getting greener, smarter, and more interconnected. But of course, mobility has always been changing. Pendrel has more than 100 years of experience in constructing railway infrastructure. Mr. Gartner, in which way have things changed over the years, I wonder? Has it become more demanding to construct and to maintain railway infrastructure? So bef before commenting on what has changed, uh, I think it's appropriate to comment on what has stayed the same. And, and our railway industry is rich in tradition. We value what is proven and uh, the fundamental and compelling elegance and efficiency, along with incredible dynamic forces of steel wheels on steel rail, um, has been with us these past two centuries, 200 years almost since uh, Stevenson's rocket locomotive ran on the Liverpool and Manchester Railway. It was October 1829. Um, so there's tradition. Um, Pandrol, like, like the industry, uh, we love tradition and we value our experience. But behind this conservative facade um, is a beehive of innovation. Uh, and we welcome new challenges from our most demanding customers, contractors, and consultants from, um, from around the world. I want to go into a little bit of specifics around that. Initiatives such as Networks Rails Speed are challenging us to invent new products, new tools, new installation methods to build faster and to deliver infrastructure much faster and at lower total lifetime cost. And to make sure that infrastructure, of course, is available 24-7. Time is truly money to rail infra owners like Network Rail, to train operators, to construction crews, and of course, to the freight and passenger customers. Um, beyond that, uh, an essential infrastructure that keeps modern society on the move, our rail network is expected to be resilient to potential disturbances. Um, I think we are all living through one of those mega disturbances right now. Coping with the COVID pandemic is the obvious current situation, but also anticipating uh, and preparing for climate change. Uh, much as we're working to avoid it or mitigate against it, we know it's coming. And, and recent images of flooded metro stations around the world comes immediately to mind. Um, I want to take advantage of, of this podcast to, to, to share that I am full of admiration and appreciation uh, for the way that, uh, that our teams and many of our peers around the industry, um, around the world, came together under extraordinary circumstances these past two years to keep the business running and to keep our railway customers supplied throughout the crisis. I applaud our employees and, and our peers around the industry um, they deserve a lot of praise and, and our appreciation. Um, we are far from flawless. We have made mistakes. We are not perfect and we have a lot to learn um, and a lot to improve going forward. Um, but I think we can take a minute to, to applaud the industry as a whole. Um, and hopefully society has seen that. 
Mr. Gertner, you mentioned that you welcome challenges. And I mean, you, your panel has uh, projects all over the world. I think it's 100 countries. So um, apart from, of course, the pandemic, which we experience right now, what are the challenges or is each project different? Um, so and I'll, I'll speak generally about a number of, uh, of the challenges facing us and facing the industry as a, as a whole. Um, in, in the past, rail was given the benefit of the doubt as the environmental mode of transport, um, and nobody questioned our credentials. Today, I think these expectations are changing, and they're changing quite rapidly. Um, one, zero tolerance safety. We are uh, the industry that, uh, that prides itself on having the best accident record uh, of all modes of transportation, certainly compared to automotive, even compared to aviation. Um, and we need to maintain that. Now, in Pandrol, in our global operations, uh, we translate that objective into our daily lives. We're improving continuously, but we also know we have a long road yet ahead of us to reach world class which is below one lost time accident per million work hours. And we're still far from that objective. So we've, we've got work ahead of us. Number two, um, aligning our entire supply chain to the circular economy is a must. Um, we're not bad, but there's a lot of room for improvement. We lead the industry in the use of scrap steel as an input for our uh, casting operations. And we are challenging some outdated prejudices, people will know what I'm talking about, uh, about recycled rubber being low grade, in, in quotes. In fact, recycled rubber, rubber is an engineered material which routinely outperforms more polluting plastic and polyurethane solutions for in-track noise and vibration performance. And that's one good example of how we are contributing to the circular economy. And, and Thomas will come back and speak about that um, later on. And, and the last piece, um, our society today, uh, our stakeholders, expects the rail industry to lead the way in the race to zero carbon footprint. Um, and I really mean lead the race. If, if the nations of the world get together next month at, uh, uh, next, next, uh, this month at COP26 in Glasgow, They're targeting 2050, but rail needs to get there 10 to 20 years earlier to maintain our leadership position um, in transportation. And our most forward-looking customers are making bold commitments, devoting considerable resources to this cause, and they naturally expect the rail supply industry, including Pandrel, to rise to this challenge. So... The term decarbonization, which many of us didn't even know three or four years ago, is now firmly on Pandrol's agenda in every dimension of our business, from product design, material selection, supplier qualification, production processes, and of course, um, lifetime care for our products once they're, uh, once they're in the field. So safety, circular economy, And zero carbon footprint are, are three of the challenges that define uh, the change in our industry today. Mr. Gartner, you mentioned the long road ahead of us. Um, so where is this road taking us? What's your idea of the future of mobility? I mean, according to you, how will mobility change? And what does this mean uh, for Pendle? 
So the future is today already, um, and and the future is multimodal. Um, uh, and if if you imagine uh, uh, taking the skateboard or the trottinette, as we say in uh, in in France, uh, or the bicycle to the tram, to the train, to the plane, um, we think that every mode of transport has a role to play, uh, and rail is part of that. Now, rail needs to play its particular role as the high-capacity backbone within the multimodal network. Um, and we need to make the most of our advantages in terms of energy and space efficiency. Now, when I speak of these advantages, they can be 10x up to 100x compared with other modes. Um, in particular, um, freeing up substantial urban surfaces if we compare roads versus underground or elevated transportation in, in the cities. Um, and by freeing up those spaces, we help connect citizens rather than sacrificing the city to roads which divide and which contribute to the urban greenhouse effect, warming up cities, as we know, two or three degrees warmer than, than the surrounding green belt um, um, around the cities. So that's a bit uh, uh, my vision for where, for where uh, transport is going, is multi-mobility and rail as a backbone. I see. So, well, we see new technologies in railway coming up, um, new power drives like hydrogen and fuel cells, high-speed rail, autonomous trains, digital technologies like 5G, Internet of Things, you name it. So in which way does this affect railway infrastructure? I wonder, um, new trains, new, new infrastructure? So, uh, you know, our business is, is in the infrastructure and, and when, when uh, family and friends who are not in the industry ask me, what do you actually do at Pandrol? Um, I like to, to summarize it by saying, you know how in the old movies, the trains make a noise every few seconds, click, 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 click. Well, Pandrol fastening and welding, which are our core technologies, and then we have complementary technologies, noise and vibration, electrification, um, and, and equipment. Um, but fastening and welding are essential elements in the continuously welded railway that doesn't make that sound anymore. Um, that means comfort and speed for passengers, and it also means less impact and stress on rolling stock and on the infrastructure. Um, the future is more of that. The future... Uh, technology will take these trends further, focusing on comfort for passengers, eliminating noise and vibration pollution for the neighbors of the railway, um, and maximizing track availability, uh, of course, at optimal cost um, for the operators. Now, I'll mention one thing, and Thomas, uh, Thomas will come back to it as well. The whole industry is looking for the holy grail of, uh, of digitalization. Um, and, and we're part of that as well. Um, but we've yet to find the right business model. Uh, I think everybody admits uh, we know that digitalization is part of our future, but we haven't quite figured out the secret sauce uh, that, will, uh, that will turn it into, uh, into a revenue stream and, and into something that customers are willing to, to pay for. Uh, We're part of that conversation uh, at many levels, from components to the overall system. And, and I am convinced that new forms of collaboration amongst industry players, whether it's suppliers, uh, integrators, operators, um, that that kind of collaboration will be essential to unlock the potential of 
information for the next decade of railway innovation. And that's another way of saying we're open to that form of collaboration uh, and we're open to partners who, who think that, uh, that they can team up with us uh, to offer a, a meaningful solution. Interesting. Um, how about you, Mr. Laurent? What's your opinion on that? What kind of infrastructure will we see in the future, according to you? Thank you. I already mentioned many, many topics, but from all the messages, I think one is, is key, is the core uh, of all the DNA of what we do, the steel wheel and the steel rail technology working together. And this makes really the, the rail the unique mean of transport to create the backbone. As we said, mobility, future of mobility is a system. The system, we have different niche. Every niche is there to fit a purpose. The purpose of the last mile with intelligent cars, with the soft mobility, like the trottinette or the scooters, uh, the, the bicycle, uh, all of that is the first or the last mile. Then you go to a backbone made of rail where you have the best efficiency, best in class to move people and goods from point A to point B. And then finally to connect the, for the long distance mean of transport like airplanes. Why not here Hyperloop technology where uh, the geography allow this technology? Having the rail as a backbone uh, will be integrated, of course, in a system mobility as a service. So we need to have a seamless way of transport for the people, like explained before by Iran. I want to take my bicycle, my tram, and then my train to get to the plane. Also, what we have seen uh, in the last years is quite interesting. Before, when I started uh, in the business, maybe we said you take a plane when you have more than 300 kilometers uh, to, to go. This is a threshold distance between the train and the plane. And now, after 10, 15, 20 years, what we see is that now the people are taking the train for 500 kilometers. I have knew the time where you had the plane between Paris and Brussels. Nobody is, nobody would do that. Paris and Lyon seems it's at the edge today. So clearly, the train is gaining speed uh, compared to the Yosemite of transport to take a bigger niche. And when we will add the CO2 KPI, the CO2 impact on the means of transport, train is going to grow even more, increasing this uh, threshold distance from 500 to who knows. So it means that the rail transport need to be low CO2, but also need to be reliable. Why do you want to be, to, to be reliable? To ensure that people can be on time, but also that the mean of transport is cheap and has a, a lot of capacity to transport all those people. Before the, for me, the infrastructure need to follow two trends. First, it need to become more and more intelligent, Like your car, in your car, you have some signal telling you, you need to go to the garage to do the maintenance, your tires are flat. The track needs to become the same, to be smart, to say, I'm going to have a problem, please repair me before it happens. So you increase the capacity and you increase the reliability. And also, you want to have your infrastructure to become greener. Today, trains are generating 40 to 100 grams CO2 per uh, passenger kilometer, which is best in class. But we should not overlook the CO2 needed to build and maintain the track infrastructure, which is accounting around 20 ton uh, CO2 per kilometer. So a big impact uh, of the uh, CO2 emission of the uh, train and the metros and the tramways is within the infrastructure. Okay, so we see mobility is getting smarter, but also greener. Um, sustainability definitely is a big issue in mobility. Uh, could you explain it a little bit more? In which way can infrastructure be more sustainable? Um, so there are many ways to do that. The first way is you need to design your infrastructure to last long. Like 
you want to increase the total cost of ownership of your truck. A system needs to be designed, but also when you design it, you need to think about maintenance. And, and therefore, we, we can provide some system where you have the clip together with the fastening machine or the clipping machine. We also um, have some third-rail system when you make sure that the steel and the aluminum are really bounded together to increase the lifetime of, of the system. So having a design for last is the, the first stone to get a sustainable infrastructure. The second one is, of course, basic to go to eco-design. The eco-design is using recycled products or low CO2 products to make our systems. And this one needs to be assessed with environmental footprint declaration. So this is an external um, evaluation of the footprint of your product to make sure that you take the right choice to uh, improve this footprint. And finally, once we are out there in the truck, in a tunnel, when we are workforces doing maintenance of the truck or installation of the truck, we want to protect them and come with equipments without emission, with battery, as example, battery-operated machines, will we'll make sure that operation and maintenance are safe for the worker. So you mentioned maintenance already. So uh, what are the developments in this in this area? So where is it taking us? Yeah, Eran mentioned this holy grail. Uh, a lot uh, has to happen on, on this field and a lot is coming. Uh, we all are in a world where digitalization is taking more and more space. Ten years ago, nobody got a smartphone and the cloud and all the IoT and this 5G coming is going to influence as well the infrastructure. What we want all as an industry is to make our truck smart. The truck smart, being smart will feed back information to the infrastructure managers to be able to get some conditioning monitoring, meaning my infrastructure is able to detect when it's going to fail, sorry, when it fails or when it's going to fail. The best one is the second one to be able to react in due time and not have a capacity reduction due to lower speed or worse accident. Also, as I said uh, a bit earlier, to make your system taught in advance for the good maintenance, having systems where you are able to clip and unclip easily the rail. So the maintenance is also part of the design. The system we, we provide, the industry provides to the, to the network should be maintenance proof from the beginning. Systems that comes together with the, the equipment to clip and unclip the rails, example. Also, a system where you can have truly to uh, assess the quality of the track and detect where your rail is going to fail and when you need to act. Also, the tools and the, the kits to be able to repair rail. When your ultrasonic testing is going to detect a problem, a spot on the rail, you need to be able to repair the rail head and then come with a system where you can do that quickly to avoid to eat some capacity during the night shift. Also, you will prevent maintenance having a system that is taught at the beginning to last longer. Having, as example, under sleeper pads between, below your sleepers, you will increase the lifetime of your truck by five years, reducing the need of maintenance by a factor two. So you increase the lifetime and you reduce the maintenance. So the holistic view on the infrastructure is clearly to start from a decent investment in the beginning to have a long-lasting track with less maintenance. And this is one of the key to increase the capacity of the railway and, and increase its efficiency compared to the other means of transport. Thank you. So now I'm really curious, Mr. Gardner, uh, we're a bit ahead, about a year ahead of Innotrans. Do you know yet what are you going to present at the trade show? So uh, first of all, uh, that gives us another year to continue to invent and innovate and, uh, uh, and, and to evolve what we will be uh, bringing. But 
Um, uh, we can say that uh, we are excited to introduce a wave of new products in the welding space uh, that collectively, we believe, humbly, will revolutionize the on-track on -track welding experience. Now, these include some innovations that, that are already announced, such as uh, auto-seal molds, uh, some battery-powered tools, um, and we have some interesting built-in quality guarantees uh, that will be um, that will be emerging um, in time for uh, in time for Innotrans, and they're all part of what we call the Pandraw welding ecosystem. So that when you put them all together, it's the uh, fastest, safest, uh, um, highest quality, uh, and and uh, and most ergonomic way of performing welds on the on the railway and it's an essential part of safety on the railway and it's an essential part of maintenance um, now of course innotrans is a great place to meet people we spoke about that just at the beginning before we began the podcast uh, especially four years since the last innotrans and 18 months after forced covid distancing so we're looking forward to to seeing our friends in the meantime um as a bit of a teaser for Innotrans 2022, Pandrol is touring 14 countries and 23 cities around Europe as we speak on what we call the Back on Track Tour. Um, we're using it as a, as a chance to reconnect with old and new customers, partners, and friends. Um, and this roadshow comes to a conclusion this week in our REM facility in the north of France. Uh, and it's a nice way to... Uh, um, let's say, build the appetite for the big Innotrans show that will follow uh, a year from now. Well, we are really looking forward to that. So now my final question for both of you. If you could choose a person from history, anyone, uh, to go with you on a train ride, who would that be? Can be anyone, the Queen, Obama, <laughs> Lady Gaga, <laughs> Mr. Gartner, what's your answer? Uh, I'll let Thomas go. Uh, Thomas go first. Thank you. Uh, I would definitely take Mr. George Stephenson, the inventor of the first locomotive, nearly 200 years ago, with his very nice uh, rocket at 48 kilometers per hour. He was so proud of it, and I would like to see and discuss with him all all generation of engineers made to improve this track and this uh, railway system to reach to the 474.8 kilometers per hour uh, of uh, world record with Alstom. And I would be happy to discuss with him and exchange the ideas and what we can do even better and see what we can do in the next 100 years. That's really interesting. How about you, Mr. Gartner? So I'll depart a little bit from uh, uh, from the industry. There's a, there's an interesting image that I saw on LinkedIn, uh, but, I, but I, I'm aware it's on other social media networks as well. And that is Paul McCartney riding a train. And there's a, there's a wonderful caption underneath that picture. It says, a developed country is not a place where the poor have cars. It is a place where the rich, and I would add, and everyone uses public transportation. So I would love a ticket to ride with at least the living Beatles, Paul and Ringo, or in a dream world with all of the Fab Four uh, and, and to share with them that wonderful experience. Well, I'm really looking forward for a ticket to ride and uh, as long as it takes me to Innotrans. So I will go with whoever as long as we are going to Innotrans. Thank you so much. It was really interesting. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thanks so much, Britta, for inviting us and uh, uh, and for making us part of this, uh, an episode within, within the Innotrans uh, podcast series.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, next month, we'll be back with new guests and new stories about the future of mobility. Looking forward to that. Have a great day. Thank you.